You see the scriptures already up here, John 9, uh, 1 through 41. And I, I want you to understand, I, I know that's a lot of verses. Some of you, that might be the many, most verses that you've read in your lifetime. Uh, other ones, uh, this is what you normally do in the morning when you get up for a devotion. But I, I, I wanted to, to talk a little bit. You see, we are all, as Christians, on a journey of discovery. Do you understand that we, we have a fake thing in our mind that when we accept Jesus Christ, that's the end of the story. Actually, you see, when we accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is the beginning of the story. And the rest of it is best to come. So I want you to understand something. As we get ready today, you are on your own journey. You see, on a scale from like one to affinity in my journey, I'm probably a solid seven. And I say this because I understand that even though I know a lot about what God is and who He is, every day He reveals something of Himself to me that makes me a little bit deeper. And if I thought that I was where I needed to end up, I probably wouldn't grasp it. Because I know some of you in this room think you are a whole lot smarter than you actually are. And when somebody comes in with information, you miss it because you think you know everything. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know everything. And in fact, I will tell you, I am a mistake just trying to be perfected. You see, all y'all in here are in your own journey, and you've got to quit trying to figure out where you are compared to somebody else. Because where I'm at in my journey did not start yesterday. And I'm in a solid single digit seven from one to infinity. But you have to understand, when I was a zero, if I tried to act and be like a seven, I would have given up. I, I thank you, because I got news, some of you in here are just so stubborn, you will not say the word amen when you get something that's good. Here's the thing I need you to understand, when God gives you something and you need to understand where you're at, do not try to judge it against other folk. I got news, I got people that are my spiritual mentors. Pastor Childers, my father. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Brett Allen. Uh, Brett Allen was my district youth director when I, was, when I first came into youth ministry. He actually came over and helped me start our youth ministry. You have to understand, these are mentors who were at a three or four on their journey, and I was at a zero. And what I did was I was able to look and learn. But then in my journey, my life, things brought different meaning to me through who God is and who God was. You see, I was a mess. A drag addict, alcoholic, getting ready to do 15 years to life. But God. You see, my journey in that Phoenix prison when I was sitting there getting ready and I knew that it was going to be bad, y'all. I prayed for a real prayer. Anybody ever done that? When you know that it's bad, you, all of a sudden your prayer becomes earnest. 
And I'm not talking like earnestly, my daddy. I'm talking earnest as in you ain't playing. I got news. When you get the word you have cancer, all of a sudden you start praying for healing like you ain't never prayed for healing. Amen. Thank you. I have to. I guess I'm on my own amen corner today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have one. The rest of you will catch up before the day is done. I promise. Because I will slow down. If necessary. I'm a little excited about what God has showed me through this message. You see, I, I call it clinging to Jesus. You see, you got to understand, Paul wrote to the Colossians about his journey. And I was wondering, Paul, you got to understand, Paul was a mess. He knew God. But he didn't know God. I want you to hear me. He knew God, but he didn't know God until all of a sudden on the road to Damascus, his butt went blind. Then it slowed his roll. All of a sudden, everything he used to know didn't know. Follow me? All of a sudden, he was struck blind. He was had to back up a minute. And then the revelation of who God was started in his life. And then he started to know God instead of just knowing God. Does this make sense? All right, thank you. Now we can continue. Finally, I've had three. Well, continue. I had an amen on continue. They're like, come on. (laughs) Because, you know, I ain't got through the introduction yet. Trying to get you all caught up here. (laughs) Some of you won't be here today. I can tell already. Here we go. So, I want you to understand this story. What God has showed me through this story blowed my mind. So, we're going to (laughs) read chapter 9, verses 1 through 41 together. So if you don't have your Bible in front of you, fetch one. If you got it on your phone, congratulations. Y'all are smarter than me. Because I have to have people help me put stuff on here. Here's where we go. You ready? As he he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it... As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who who sent me. Night is coming, so when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash, the, wash in the pool of Siloam. This means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? 
Some claimed that he was, uh, some claimed that he was, others said no, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go wash in Siloam and, and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. They brought, the Pharisees, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? We know that he is your son. We know he is your son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind. But I can, but how can, my Lord have mercy. But how can he see now? Or who opened his eyes? We don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said he is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. Then he asked them, Then they asked him, what did he do for What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you not want to hear it again? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? (laughs) Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as far as this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God... He could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. 
In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will be, become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him saying this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of your sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. You see, this story is pretty amazing to me because you hear this blind man's complete journey to clinging to Jesus and throwing away doctrine. Now, this is where y'all are going to have to listen very closely because I need you to understand something. I'm going to tell you, this man that day started his journey of how to cling to Jesus and turn his back on doctrine. Now, we need doctrine. Sound biblical doctrine is necessary. But we also have to know more about Jesus than you know about doctrine. Because Jesus, things change. Do you got to understand, even in the blind man, the first time they asked him, the man, this man, spit on the ground. When he went into the Pharisees, what did he say? He said, a prophet spit on the ground. And the third time they asked him, he said, the son of man. Are you hearing me? His journey had already expounded because he was understanding that you you got to understand, in this day and time, if you were afflicted, it was because you had sinned. That was doctrine. That is their belief. That was their knowledge. That if you were blind, or you had leprosy, or you had polio, or kidney failure, you somebody in your family either sinned or you sinned. Either your parents or someone close to you, or you yourself sinned and you were afflicted. Because they didn't understand. They had doctrine. Alright, are you hearing me? Their belief system said that that's what it was. And when Christ come on the scene, he said, no one has sinned. And they're like, what kind of sorcery is this? Because their doctrine did not express that. Their doctrine said that's what it had to be. Now you're telling me there's something different? You see, if you cling more to Jesus than you do doctrine, what he will do is open your eyes. He will open your eyes. Do you know how hard it is to love unconditionally? If, you, if you're not nodding your head or inside going, yeah, I know how hard it is. You're a liar. Because I'm going to tell you right now, loving unconditionally is something that does not come from human form. We love conditionally in our human way. Whether or not you want to admit it, Rick and Trina love each other until they don't. 
You asked for it. I came through the door and the first thing out of her mouth is, don't pick on the cook. Whatever, she's already deleted. She blocked my wife off Facebook to where I can't preach about her. But I want you to understand something. You only love your mate as much as you want to love your mate. That's the truth. I can tell my wife, I love you so much until you make me mad. Then I love you that much less. Still love you. Just not love. Not, not, you're not my oh, princess right now. No. So here's the problem. You see, we have to understand when we cling to Jesus, Jesus is the only way you're going to find unconditional love. Thank you. Because I'm going to tell you right now. I have had to fight this battle personally just lately. I was angry at some stuff. My son hurt me. Deeply. And his little girl pal was what I thought was the instigation of that hurt. And I promise you can ask my wife, that woman will never step foot on my property. I've got guns. <laughs> and no trespassing time. If I have to, I'll go put a TPO on her. I'm not going to forgive that one. Until they showed up eight months after all this hurt and piled up damage had been done and, and anger inside had been built up. And I had sleepless nights of, oh, if I see them. I used to, tell, I used to have dreams of sneaking up when she worked at nights and, and walking and, and creeping on the ground and, and popping pellets at her window. Because I knew they couldn't afford to replace the windows of their truck. If I knock out four windows, they'll be broke. He'll come home. <laughs> well, you think, oh, what? You ain't never had this kind of thoughts. My, <laughs> then you're better than me. I don't care. I had thoughts. I prayed a lot. God, remove this from me. God, take this out of me. It was a struggle. It was a process. And I found people throwing garbage in my face. What about the prodigal son? What about the prodigal son story? Have you not read about the prodigal son? <laughs> prodigal this. And I sat there, and I was like, I even tried to justify through reading the Bible differently. I was like, will you tell me, did the prodigal father go chasing his son? Or did he just cut him loose and let him go do his thing? He cut him loose, let him go do his thing. You know, when he was forgiving that son, when that son come back humbled, wanting nothing, 
Then the prodigal father is like, come in, I'm going to give you everything. And I'm like, I'm not going that far. <laughs> but I ain't forgiving that boy until his butt comes back humbled. And then, all of a sudden, there was a phone call. I don't know why, Mom. That guy, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to talk to you today. Eight months. And God told me to do something that I me and him are still having conversations over, by the way. What, none of you have ever done that either? When God told you to do something, you did it, and then later you're going, was that really God? Because, man, I think that could have looked... God, are you sure? Can I take that one back? Give me a mulligan, right? No, he told me to do something I did. And an hour and a half later, they're driving into my driveway. Now, I heard a thank you, Jesus, over here. That was not my thought. <laughs> right? My thought was, and me without my pistol. First time I'd ever, because I was going to go wash the truck, and it was like I was leaving, and I didn't have my gun on, and it was because I didn't want to get my gun wet, so I left my gun at home. It's inside, and they're there. Dun, dun, dun. And my son stood there, and I told him, go say hi to your mom. So he went in to surprise his mother. And she held the door open for me. This is the person I swore I would never forget. As I walked up, she threw her arms around me. She goes, you have every right to hate me. And I've never made a bigger mistake than what I made. I just hope someday you'll forgive me. was not the way I wanted it to go. My heart went. And I thought, preacher, are you clinging to God? Are you clinging to what you want? And I looked at that little girl, and I said, that was yesterday. Today's today. Let's see what tomorrow brings. And I went down, and I kissed her on her forehead, and we walked into my home. I'm not going to lie to you, that was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. My man didn't want that. Let me tell you what's happened in the four weeks since. My son was at church without her because she's agnostic. And my son came to the altar and recommitted his life to Jesus Christ. 
the next week, she came with him. Normally they come, and you know, our church, we do things different. We meet and we eat first, and then we have worship and then the, the word. And she came with him. And usually, anytime she walks in, she eats, and then there's an emergency they have to leave. And she didn't leave. And in fact, she was sitting at the front table right in front of the platform where I preached. Sunday night, she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. They've been there every Sunday since. And the thing that I need you to understand, if I would have clung to what I felt, instead of clung to Jesus, I don't know that either one of them would ever have found Christ. Now, this story may seem way out there to some, but let me tell you what happened last Sunday night. You see, we're getting ready to go into what I call warship, warring through worship. Tonight, in fact, uh, is one of the, the ending of the series that I've been preaching on worship. Last Sunday... I said, if you're ready to release some things, you need to start praising God and you need to be vocal about it and you need to be up and he's going to expect you to do something. And my son's fiance, this little girl, grabbed him by the sleeve and said, let's go. And walked him back to the altar where they stood with their hands up, giving up. You see, we've got to come to the understanding that that we've got to hold tightly to Jesus and very loose to doctrine. If we held close to doctrine, do you know every woman probably in this building is going to hell because you have pierced ears and makeup on? And you've probably cut your hair. And some of you are wearing pants. You better hold loose to doctrine and cling tighter to Jesus. You understand me? There's a fine line of what we understand because you've got to understand the longer your journey is with Christ, you need to understand the longer your journey is, the more he's going to reveal himself to you. The day you accepted Christ, you did not know all things. Like I said, on a scale from one to a zero to infinity, some of you in this room are still at a zero. That's okay. But if you don't open your eyes to the journey that God's providing and taking you on, you will remain a zero. If you don't cling to Jesus and the things of God, do you know that even Muhammad Gandhi, do you know what his quote was? His quote was, I love your Jesus, not too fond of the Christians. Yeah. 
I love your Jesus, not too fond of your Christians. Because they don't exhibit what your Jesus did. <gasps> Hypocrites don't say that word in church. Half the people in here are going, <gasps> stop it. Do you understand that the Pharisees did not, they weren't wrong, they, that's what they knew. You see, you, can, you know how many people, I know a man right now, he has read the Bible so many times and is so analytical, he can quote, you can name scripture and he can quote the scripture. He doesn't know Jesus Christ. You see, to him, that's a book. It's just like I, my son-in-law, Joe, uh, he drives me crazy. They, they like shows and TVs and stuff, like, and, and they go to, to movies all the time, and it's like, <laughs> he quotes movie stuff all the time. He's like Denozo on NCIS. It's like, shut up. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't do movies. I don't get it. It's not funny <laughs> to me. And he does it all the time. He can quote almost an entire movie called the, the Brothers or something. Brothers? Or something like that is Will Ferrell movie. Anyway, I don't know. Step Brothers or something like that. Anyway, he can almost quote the whole movie. He's watched it so many times. And he's, <laughs> Huh? It's the same thing. You can read that book right there that you were holding or you have on your phone. You can read it, and if you don't know God, it's words. It's when you know God, he reveals himself to you. You understand? That's where we're at. You see, you've got to understand, we need to stop being like the Pharisees. And, 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 you know, when you say, come as you are, lar. Come as you are. But dress up. Come as you are. Take a shower. Come as you are. Did you do your hair? Come as you are. Did I see you vaping out in the parking lot? <gasps> Come as you are. Did, did I see you buy a Budweiser at the store then? <gasps> Come as you are. You bunch of judgmental dummies. Come as you are means come as you are. Guess who's going to change you? <gasps> it's part of your journey. It's part of your journey. You see, if you walk in the door accepted Jesus Christ and were perfect, you would have no interior knowledge to where when something bad comes against you, you would be able to stand on your own. Part of your zero to infinity is learning who Christ is and standing and leaning on Him more than you. This is good stuff, preacher. Yes, it is. I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> You see, you've got to understand that God's love is restorative. Hmm. 
I had this bad habit. Okay, my bad habit was this. I had a sister. Well, she's still alive. I didn't say had. I have a sister. And my sister and me were both overweight. I was 365 pounds, and my sister outweighed me a minute. Right? We were two tons of fun because we were the life of the party, my sister and I. And I wanted her to lose weight. So you know what I did? I started picking at her. Telling her, sister, I'd like to hug you, but I didn't bring my chalk to where I could mark where I left off to where I could get all the way around. (laughs) Sister, I'm not saying you're big or nothing, but did you get a new zip code? I was mean, thinking if I was mean, she would take offense and... Do something about it. And instead, what I did was I pushed her to the point to where she had no self-esteem. Huh. I wonder when a sinner walks through that door and has flaws, how many of you are doing the same thing? To where they reset, I don't deserve Christ, and they walk away. Because I was never good enough for that church. I was never good enough to be included. Nobody called me to go to dinner. They called everybody else. Trina kept calling everybody but me to come to dinner. You should. Yeah, but he's getting better looking. You done, you done pointed my finger and wagged a finger at the preacher when he came in, don't you? <laughs> Here we go. You see, God's love is restorative. You you understand what that means? That means God's love fixes the wounds that others have made. You see, I'm giving Trina a hard time today because she she asked for it. The thing of it is, is I I used to give Gary a hard time because it's just easy. Right? It was one of the things where... You have to understand, though. I would not do that to somebody that I did not love and that did not know I loved them. I would not ever have picked on the bald wonder if it was not <laughs> the fact that he knew I loved him. And I know that Trina knows I love her and I just want to be in her suitcase next year. That's all. That's all. I'm like, Rick, don't worry. It's just an extra mouth. I don't eat much. I had the surgery. It's four ounces at a time. Between me and Trina, we can almost eat half a meal. I'm a cheap date, Rick. You hear me? Cheap date. And what I'm trying to tell you is this. You all got to understand, God's love is restorative. It does not tear down. How do you know you are following and clinging to Christ more than doctrine? When you can put down the book and walk in Jesus' name and know what He did and act like Jesus acted. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. You want something to do? Read Matthew. This is talking about the Sermon on the Mount. You take the Sermon on the Mount and you break it down and you start walking in the theories and the things that Jesus was talking about on the Sermon on the Mount, all of a sudden you start showing the love of Christ everywhere you go because you're clinging to the Word of God. You're clinging to God instead of clinging to rules. I asked you how many 
year, a year, two years ago almost, to put these altars back up here, not to hold my water. This represents something. This is a place, the safe place, where you can come and have a moment, just you and God, and leave what you need to here and go. Restored through the love of Christ. Because He loved you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into this world to condemn it, but through Him be saved. Let me tell you a secret. I did not hear one time in there, if you don't wear pants as a woman, if you wear button-downs instead of polos. Now, are you hearing me? Who makes these rules? Who makes these rules? Through human understanding. Now, me and Presbyter Childers are not going to sit down and debate the Bible. Ain't no necessary. Because number one, he's going to make me look stupid, which I am not a fan of. (laughs) And number two, we both believe in the same God and we're serving the same God and we're trying to achieve the same thing. To see people find Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm going to ask you today, what are you clinging to? Are you trying to find the rules to where you can... Uh, This is a participation moment right now. How many of you in your lifetime have ever played a game and you knew the rules, have ever tried to go right up to the edge or break the rule just a little bit to win? Anybody? Okay, we're all going to heaven. Here you go, because there wasn't one liar in the building right there. But let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. Here's the thing. If you know the rules of salvation, if you know the rules of what it takes to get to heaven, if you know the rules that somebody in this church put on a board somewhere or in a pamphlet, guess what you're going to try to do? Run up to the edge and wobble on the line because as long as I'm in the rules, I'm going to heaven. You know how many people are going to burn in hell because they thought they were in the rules? If you don't know Jesus Christ, that's your only salvation, not the rules. I don't know how to process this yet. (laughs) I need rules. I need to know where my boundaries are. You're not 12. You know what you need? One-on-one time, you and God. You know what you need? 
You need to stop thinking you know it all and start reading the Bible and let God show you what he wants instead of telling God what you want. You know what you need? You need to start clinging to who Jesus is. I got news. <laughs> On my one, you know, I don't care if you're a zero or a seven like me or a 50 or even a hundred and you're zero to infinity. The moment you think you know it all, God can show you something else in who he is. So, I want you to understand, the only way we're going to go forward, y'all, is to hold tightly to Jesus. Hold tightly to Jesus. Quit trying to figure out how you can make it to where you're going to be okay. I'm in the rule. I'm, in, I, I, I'm within the rule. Listen, what you need to be is in Jesus, in the Word of God, letting Him speak to you, letting Him guide you. Then all of a sudden you're going to see who He is. I want you to understand this this week. I'm going to challenge you all. Here's a great way to start learning how to hold tightly to Jesus. I told you, read Matthew. Read Matthew 5, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7. And I want you to start understanding this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, right? And this is the core teaching of Jesus. And I want you to understand that scriptures, Matthew 5, 6, and 7... That's the God, the Jesus, that Gandhi knew. That's the Jesus that Gandhi knew. That's the Jesus, it's okay. I love that. That's the next Billy Graham it right there. You hear me? She got lungs, girlfriend. As you can tell, preachers got a lung or two, you know what I'm saying? But I want you to understand, I want you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Some of you will call somebody this week. What am I supposed to read? Because you ain't paying attention the whole sermon. I want you to understand. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And when you start implementing what Jesus' core values are on the Sermon of the Mount, all of a sudden people will see the Jesus that he wants them to see in you. Instead of the, I can't believe who you are. Don't be... As at our church, uh, we call them booger people. Because they look down their nose at you. And all you see when you're looking at them is the boogers in their nose. <laughs> Don't be booger people. It ain't appealing to anybody. And I don't care if you want to call it a bat in a cave or whatever you want to call it. It's gross. I don't need to see Quit looking down your nose at others and understanding that without Jesus Christ, you, therefore you are. You get me? Father, thank you for the opportunity to be home in Overton. God, I pray right now that you will bless each one of them here. Lord God, as they go this week, 
and and uh, God, as they walk, get their walk with you closer, Lord God, that they cling to you, Lord God, that they would let you show yourself in them and through them, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' precious name, and the church together says, amen. amen. God bless you all. Thanks for letting me come back. You got the other fellow.